Can I get a double pizza burger, chili fries with cheese, and a uh, large chocolate milkshake? I don't know. No matter what I eat, my weight just seems to stay the same. So I just figure, what the hell, I'm going to eat what I want. And that's from Shallow Hal. And have you ever had that experience where you set a goal for yourself, in this case, losing weight, and you just feel like you're not making any progress, and at a certain point, you just throw up your arms and just say, what the heck, I'll eat anything I want. With me today to discuss thinking problems, you know, just giving up on yourself or having the emotions get in the way or feeling overloaded or feeling some self-doubt is Jean Maroney. She's a fabulous expert on thinking on the foundation for all problems that you're going to have in your life and that's thinking and she helps you make your life run smoother and she's got corporate clients from BB&T, Microsoft, Amazon.com and she's got two master's degrees, one in electrical engineering, one in psychology and she has a passion of helping you think better. Welcome to the show, Jean. Thanks for having me, Ellen. So what do you do if you're in a situation where you're trying to lose weight, you just feel like you're not making any progress? What are the things that might get in your way? Well, I think it's helpful to realize right at the front that if you are having problems reaching a goal, there is almost certainly some kind of thinking problem involved there. Because if you had been able to figure out the how-to steps and made it really easy and step-by-step for yourself, you would just march toward that goal. So I think the first thing is when you feel like it's time to give up on a goal, if it really is important, there's some thinking to do about what is the problem there. So I know we were talking about the goal of losing weight. What would be one suggestion you have there? What might she be struggling with? You know, okay, I'll order all these fatty foods because no matter what I eat, I don't lose real weight, so I figure what the hell. Well, what I would suggest is that she start thinking about, this is assuming that she's just in kind of a cynical thing and, in fact, she wants to lose weight. Start thinking about, well, what am I trying to do and what are the problems there? And so, for example having been on diets and exercises programs from time to time, I know one thing that can be a problem is I I never, I'm always getting tempted by food and I never have a way to say no. Or, you know, there's never a time to exercise or I don't like the foods that I'm supposed to eat. One thing that could happen to her if she turned her attention to thinking about, well, what is the problem, is she might, in fact, find that there are a lot of interconnected problems. She might, in fact, be overloaded by the number of different small problems that need to be solved in order for her to lose weight. So the problem there is overload, and what could she do there? Well, overload is, first off, recognize this is a real problem. You can only think about so many things at once. And so if you're experiencing overload, it is very important that you do something about it. And I think there's a a fairly common sense solution that people use as the first approach to this, which is to make a list. Make a list of all of the things that get in the way of pursuing that goal of losing weight. And I bet there are a lot of them. I don't have time to exercise. I don't, uh, I love the foods. I can't give up these foods and I use them for stress management. I eat when I'm nervous. Right. When you get those all down in paper and black and white, one thing that that does is it helps you focus and helps give you a chance to say, okay, well, now I understand why it's a problem. Once you've got it down on paper, it's not going to be running around in your head, and you can start to think about how to deal with this one at a time. The bottom line is that when you're overloaded, you need to think about things one at a time. Okay. Now, there may be another problem involved there, too, which I want to raise, if you don't mind. Okay. 
The other thing that can come up is what I'd call doubt or uncertainty. Sometimes the things that are coming up are not things that you have to do, but questions. Like, how am I going to find time for exercise? That is, or um, how am I going to say no? Those are things that you have some kind of uncertainty or doubt about it. That is a second big thinking block. And for those, you need a slightly different approach. What would you do? Well, my recommendation there is write down what you do know. So, for example, with the issue of exercising, you could probably write down a little bit to yourself about what do you know about the problems with exercising. Like, it doesn't work at this time. It doesn't work at such and such time. Uh, right, I tried I'm too it tired in the evening, and I, I don't like going to the gym. It's boring. Right. And by writing down what you do know about trying to exercise, you sort of put that in perspective. And you can now do what is a crucial second step if you're feeling doubt, which is test your assumptions in what you quote-unquote do know. The bottom line is that if you're feeling doubt or uncertainty, you have not sorted out everything on this topic. And the first thing you need to do is to kind of consolidate what do you know and what are the open questions. And once you've written down what you think you know, if you go back over it and reread it, what can happen is you can see, well, gee, you know, I didn't really give that a fair test. I thought I couldn't exercise at 8 a.m., but I only tried that once, and in fact, I think maybe that is a good idea. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. So um, if I were trying to, if we use a different example, Jean, mm-hmm. I'm overloaded in my schedule right now. I have way too much for the time that I, <laughs> for any day. Mm-hmm. What, what would you recommend that I do? Well, again, I think these two basic solutions to thinking problems can be very helpful. A basic solution to overload and a basic solution to uncertainty. So the first thing that I would suggest you do if you're feeling any kind of a block is switch from thinking in your head to thinking on paper. What that's going to do, start writing down the ideas going through your head on paper in full sentences. Okay. That's going to help you tell whether your problem is uncertainty or overload. Okay, with me, it feels like it's uncertainty more than uh, doubt, or un- I mean, not uncertainty, it feels like it's more overload, which means I know I have to cut back, and to decide what to cut back, I guess if I wrote everything down on paper, it would be easier for me to t- prioritize better, to, to circle the things that are most important, which is what I do anyway, but is that what you're recommending? Yes, that's the basic solution to overload, is make a list of all these things that are overloading you. And then you need to choose. You need to prioritize, as you said. Now, what can sometimes happen, I think very commonly happen, is you can make the list with no problem, but then deciding what's more most important or deciding that you're not going to do some items on that list, that's where doubt comes in. I see. So I'm, I'm actually, you know, I say I, I do have this problem. And the way that I've handled it is I just say I can't do everything at once. So whatever I give my attention to, that totally has my attention right now. And the rest will have to wait as if there are a whole bunch of children in line. And the others just have to wait in a line quietly and patiently while I work on this one and thoroughly enjoy it. And I'll get to the others later. Yes. And that, that kind of thing of giving yourself permission yeah. to solve this problem a little bit at a time. I think is an excellent tactic. And what it does, it basically lowers the standard. You don't feel that you have to find the perfect solution now. You can kind of rough in a solution, do what you think needs to be done first, and then come back to the question after having done that when everything else will be a lot clearer. 
That sounds great. And I am talking right now with Jean Maroney. And if you feel stuck in your life, if you feel like you're just flailing or you've got a lot of doubts or you're on overload or you've got any other thinking problem, Jean is the person to turn to. She's got a website with tons of information and some freebies on it. She's got thinking tips and she's got workshops that she offers. Jean, tell, tell me a little bit about what you offer. Well, if you check out my website, thinkingdirections.com, you'll see I have a free email newsletter you can sign up for. Uh, I've got every couple of months I do a free intro section for my introductory telephone call for my Thinking Tactics course. I offer the workshop, as you mentioned. And there are a lot of tips and book recommendations up there which you can read. Wonderful book recommendations. So thank you so much for joining us today, and I look forward to talking with you again, Jean. Thanks, Ellen. And her email, uh, not her email, her website address is thinkingdirections.com, thinkingdirections.com, and I highly recommend it. I have learned so many wonderful thinking skills from Jean Maroney. And I look forward to being with you again next week. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. Another reason why the view that sexual pleasure is only physical, unrelated to your mind, your values, or your character is very wrong, is that if it were purely physical, it wouldn't matter what you think about sexual pleasure itself. But it does matter. To fully enjoy sex, you must believe that it is good. If you view sex as a guilty pleasure that must be hidden, not talked about and thought of only with embarrassment. This will undermine your enjoyment. Dr. Lonnie Barback, a noted clinical psychologist and expert in the field of female sexuality, observed that many of us have a sex is good, sex is bad script in our minds. We are told that sex is dirty, and yet we are instructed to save it for someone we love. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com.